everybody doing today? We're good? Can we welcome those watching online as well as the men of Lansing Correctional? We love you guys so much. It's good to be in church. I've even enjoyed our deep dive into the Holy Spirit the last couple of weeks. It's been good. We're going to continue that today, but you can grab your seat as you do. Let's thank the worship team, as always, production team, Kingdom Kids, everyone who serves. That was pathetic. Can we thank the worship team, production team, the Kingdom crew is good. What's up, Dorvion? You good? I wish you guys all worshiped like Dorvion worship. Oh, you're a special young man. We love you. You're awesome. I'll watch you on the front row. He serves in Kingdom Kids. He's everybody's favorite. I think my kids like him more than me. Uh, I watch him worship, and it just gives me great hope for the generation of what God's going to do next. Amen? Amen. Hey, last week, we, we went in the deep end a little bit, okay? We went into uh, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. If you were not here... Uh, shame on you, and you can watch it online, um, go to our website, it's on the World Wide Web, uh, kingdom.city, and uh, you, should, you should watch it, because we talked about these empowerments, divine enablements of the Holy Spirit, that I know for some in our church family, uh, this is new territory, and so uh, we're going to come back to the surface for a little bit of air today, but um, I'm excited about our that revival night in the upper room where we're just going to pray and lean into what God wants to do. And if you need a touch of heaven in your life, you need to make it a priority, a priority to be there. Uh, my heart in this series is not that you would believe everything that I believe. My heart would be is that you would build your beliefs on the word of God, that you would look at the teachings of the Holy Spirit of Jesus, of the Apostle Paul and the Apostle Peter. And then like Kyle just said, like if it's of God, then it would be for me, that you would have a hunger for more of the voice of God in your life and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit in your life. And so it doesn't have to look like me, but I promise you, the more you lean into the Holy Spirit, you're not going to look the same. It's going to change something. The very fabric of your spirit connecting to God, connection to God is going to be forever changed because we need the Holy Spirit. You know, one of the first things, in fact, the first thing we know about God is that he was there in the beginning. Genesis chapter 1, he is the creator God. Before we even knew what time was, before there was a world to occupy, there, there was this space and this place, and the Bible says that God was there in the beginning, and the earth was void, it was without form. The Holy Spirit is there as well. He was hovering over the faces of the water. And the first thing we know about the character of God, not only is he present, but he speaks. That his voice carries. He doesn't just will things into being. He wraps his will and closes it in language and he speaks and God said. And God said to darkness that there would be light and there was change. That the voice of God brings change. In Genesis chapter 3, after the fall of man, Adam and Eve's mistake, they, it says that they heard the voice of the Lord, of God walking in the garden. Some translations say the sound, but the Hebrew word they're call is where we get the word call from. It was the, the voice of God that they heard coming to find them, actually coming to, to, to bring them back into right relationship. Even though it would never be the same as it was in the garden, he still cared for his kids to call out or to speak to them. God's voice is throughout Scripture. 
in the giving of the law in Mount Sinai, it was like a thunderous sound. But then in the cave of Elijah, it's a, it's a still, small voice. There's nuance to the voice of God. In Malachi, which is the last, last book in your Old Testament, before the beginning of the new in the book of Matthew, God is speaking through a prophet, Malachi. And God speaks in that time and place in the Old Testament. He, he would show up. The presence of God would be on someone. And the God would highlight and pick these, these people to speak on his behalf. And they would say things. The prophetic voices would be, thus saith the Lord. Our God wants to tell you. And God would speak through these individuals. And then there's a gap between the closing of Malachi to the beginning of the Gospel of Matthew. It's about 400 years, and they call it the, the silent years, the silent season. I personally believe that God was still speaking to people. We just don't have it recorded in Scripture. But then that breaks open with the voice of John the Baptist, who was just like the prophets of the Old Testament. He, the fact that he was a voice crying in the wilderness, and he was speaking to God's people, repent. He was preparing the way for the word to show up, the word that became flesh, Jesus, John 1, and dwelt among us. And then Jesus spoke as a mouthpiece of heaven, God incarnate in the flesh. He, as he ministered for his three and a half years of public ministry, he spoke what God wanted to say. And the last thing he says before he departs is, hey, we've got a worldwide mission, and you're going to need the Holy Spirit. And he said to his followers, you need to wait in this place for the gift that I, uh, God has promised you. You're going to get this helper, this comforter, this counselor. You're going to get the Holy Spirit. And those that obeyed the word, that obeyed Jesus, were in the upper room. And in the upper room, after 10 days of worship, of fasting and prayer, the Holy Spirit shows up. And he's no longer speaking through just a prophet or a individual. It says that, that everyone would receive this outpouring of the Holy Spirit that would be on all flesh, it says. Prophet Joel declared and Peter proclaims it would be for every son and daughter, young and old, man and woman. It isn't just one voice that you can hear from God for yourself. That God would speak to you by his Holy Spirit, and you could speak, you could speak through the Holy Spirit. So my question today is: do you hear that voice? Do you know the sound of heaven? Do you hear God? Do you know his tone? Do you know his whisper? And would you like to? My prayer is that you would have a hunger for the voice of heaven in your life. And I want to speak today on the fact that he still speaks. He wants to speak to you. One word from God can change your day. It can get you out of a dilemma. It can take you a step closer to destiny. One word from God can change your situation. It can change a season in your life. It can help you in your struggle. One word from God could truly change your life, and he still speaks. The author of Hebrews in Hebrews chapter 3 is breaking down the, the psalmist in Psalms 95, and he says, Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, Oh, that today you would listen as he speaks. And that has been my prayer. As I read that passage this week, I, my prayer for us as a church is that, Oh, that today, that right now, would be the day that you would start to hear his voice, that God is still speaking by his Holy Spirit, and that today would be the day that you would hear him speak, because he still speaks. Can we pray? Can we have open hearts to hear what God wants to say? Lord, we love you. What a privilege and honor it is to get to gather together and worship you, God, above all else. 
God, I thank you we've come to this room not just for a religious service, but to build a deeper relationship with you and one where we not only cast our cares upon you because you care for us, but we pause and consider what you might be saying back to us. That our conversations with you are not one-sided anymore, that we're open to hear what heaven wants to speak. So if you are speaking, God, and we believe you are, would we be the kind of people that would know how to tune in to the frequency of the voice of Father God speaking by His Spirit to every scenario and every situation. We're inviting your voice. Holy Spirit, you don't just empower us for these miraculous endeavors. You speak to us in the most intimate of ways. Help us be the kind of people that can hear and obey and see your plan prevail. In Jesus' mighty name, can I get an amen? amen. He still speaks. Dallas Willard, great theologian and author and pastor, says if God doesn't speak today, then the greatest disservice we could do to people is to tell them they could have a personal relationship with Jesus. In other words, if he's not personal, then, he's, then there's a problem. Then he doesn't need to speak to us directly. He doesn't need to make his will known to us or his way clear to us. Then we could just live by the rules and live by the regulations and live by the plan that is powerful and is great it's gonna produce change in your life. But if he's not personal, then we really don't need conversation. Then our prayers could just stay one-sided. But if he does still speak, that means that we need to know what it sounds like and we need to engage with the voice of God. If you're married and you only spoke to your spouse on Sundays, how many know you wouldn't get very close? And you probably wouldn't be married very long. So if our only relationship with God is 38-minute sermon on a Sunday, how many know that we're going to be going without the, the voice of heaven that wants to help us in our everyday life? Again, we've saying if it is true, then it's for me. And if it's of God, then we should desire it. And we need to desire the voice of the Holy Spirit to speak and to guide us because God wants it for us. God wants to speak to you and he still speaks. Now there's some believers out there that feel like God tells them everything all the time. Like when it's snack time, they feel like God said, no, choose the nacho cheese Doritos, not the Cool Ranch. But God, I don't think cares about snack time. Like even what clothes you should wear. There's people that say, God told me to wear this today. And I saw what you're wearing today, and I just wanna ask you, are you sure <laughs> that was divine counsel? Now we don't wanna be that person that everything is what God said. Nor do we want to be the person that just has a one-sided conversation with God. Many believers, in fact, the majority of believers, just think, I'm bringing my needs, my issues, my struggles to God, and then when my prayer is done, I unclasp my hands, and I dust them off, and I go on my way. We never pause to consider that he might want to say something back. And so we want to live in this balance and this tension in between to where we know God is directing us, and we can make decisions based upon the word of God, which is the will of God, but there's also the voice of God that helps clarify, like we say here, that the word of God is our way and the Holy Spirit is our guide. That we're going the way of the word and the way that we work the word into our daily life is by the leading, the prompting, and the voice of the Holy Spirit. Say you have a friend who's a, who's a gifted lawyer. We got a lot of gifted lawyers in our church. I'm blown away by the grace of God that they're saved, right, Steve? Uh, like there's, just kidding. But imagine you were in a legal tension or legal struggle, and there's a case brought against you, 
or something happening. And, and you talk to them on the phone. They got 30 minutes to help you out as a friend. And you spent 29 uh, minutes and 50 seconds uh, just saying, here's the, what they're saying. This is what the court's doing. This is the next step. And then you said, hey, by the way, thanks for your time. And you hung up. That's what so many of us do when it comes to God, our counselor, the Holy Spirit, our comforter, the Holy Spirit, our guide, or as Jesus says, our helper, is that we just bring our issues and we never break for a moment and just pause to perceive what he might want to say back to us. Jesus talks about what this voice looks like and what it does and how we're to respond to it in the Gospel of John, the 10th chapter. Jesus says, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him. And the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name. In other words, in all the flock, in all the family, he is familiar with you. He is a personal God that knows you and leads them out. How many want to be led by God? Well, to be led by God, you're going to need the voice of God. When he's brought out all of his own, he goes ahead of them. God is in your future. He knows what green pastures he's called you to graze in. He knows what dire situation he wants to keep you away from. He knows when you've taken a detour that isn't his plan of destiny for you. And so knowing his voice is crucial to following the shepherd. And the sheep follow him. Why? Because they know the sound of his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact... We are to run away from the stranger because we do not recognize that voice. There is this tension that we live in in the world that we inhabit where there's a whole lot of strange voices out there, but there is a voice of the Good Shepherd. There's a culture voice in this world. There's a world out there that says you can do what feels good in the moment. And you can just make a decision based upon what you think is right. But there's another voice, the voice of the shepherd. And the voice of the shepherd wants to lead you into the wide open places and spaces of God's providence for your life. But you've got to know that voice. Sometimes to go to the right voice, you need to run away from the wrong voices. One of the things that's an honor for Liz and I to lead this church is that we get to pray and perceive uh, and get counsel on what we feel like the direction of our church is and, and where we're going and what we feel like God is wanting to do. I don't just write a sermon every week that sounds good. I, I lean into what, God, what do you want to say to your people? And yet many of you look at me and I, I get the, like the word pastor is literally comes from the word pasture. Like I'm one of the shepherds, but you have another shepherd whose voice is perfectly crafted to your situation, your scenario, and your struggle. And he wants to speak to you. And so when I sit in council, which is a great privilege to do, normally I'm just going to break down what I feel like the scripture says about your situation. But some of you, you're just waiting for someone else to tell you what to do when the God that created things and can turn darkness to light and storms into still waters wants to speak to your situation directly. So one of the greatest things I could ever lead you as your shepherd of this church is to get you to the great shepherd and away from the voice of the stranger. Some of you have only been following the words and the ways of the culture of this world and we're to run away from that so that we can hear the voice that guides us to the place of calling. There's been two times in my life where I have felt like 
And I feel like I heal, hear and perceive the Holy Spirit. For me, primarily when I read the scripture, God personalizes what it's supposed to be for me, for my family, for my, my calling and purpose. But there's been two times that I know of where I have heard God so clearly, it was as if he was in the room audibly speaking to me. Something in my spirit and my heart, where it, was, it, was, it was like the thunder on Mount Sinai in my inside world. The first time was when I was coming back to Jesus. This is 20 odd years ago and, and God spoke to my heart and I, and I gave my life back to him and I went on a journey and in that journey, I had an encounter with God. I was sitting at the beach in California and God spoke to me and he began to heal old wounds and heartaches in my life and one by one, he dealt with my greatest issues that have caused conflict in my inside world and I am weeping on the beach, looking like a total weirdo. It was California, I fit right in. And then God said, I'm calling you to ministry. You're going to be a pastor. And if you would have told me that the week before, I would have laughed at you. But something about the voice of the shepherd, I knew this was for me. The other time on the plaza, 2009, God spoke to our hearts, said, Liz and I, we're in a hotel. You could see the hotel room from the plaza building that we would have a church in Kansas City. It just felt so of God. And immediately, Liz and I talked about it, and she's like, I'm feeling the same thing too. We had this confirmation of our, our calling. That was 13, 14 years ago, which we were 12 years old at the time, just young followers, <laughs> just newlyweds. There was a time when it felt nearly audible and undeniable, and I pray that you have those moments. Sometimes the thunder moments are so powerful, it's so decisive that you know. But if you're never able to perceive the small whispers of him as well, you'll never have those moments of clear calling. He still speaks. I would love for you to take notes. And this is very, last week we went into the deep waters of spiritual gifts. And today I want you to kind of come up for air and just to realize that there is an atmosphere that you can create in your life that creates space for the presence of the living God to personally speak to your situations and your struggles. And if you want to hear more, you need to make more time for God. I know that sounds so generic, but you, you would be um, blown away. I'm blown away constantly by the people that are in a chaotic season. And what they do to get out of it is try to do everything they can in their own ability instead of realize maybe I need to strip some things away so I can get my spirit connected to God's heart. Now, you can't make more time. There are 24 hours in a day. I was just talking with a dad uh, who was on the plaza uh, last night. We were at a wedding and we were just talking about, hey, when your kids start getting in sports, your schedule goes from zero to 100 real quick. Like there's so much time demand on your life, but you need to put into place and practice those things that are of priority. And my heart for you is that you want to be so accustomed to the culture of this world that your life looks like everyone else on your in your neighborhood and on your block, but you would be a person that prioritized time in the presence of God, and you'll never be tuned into the voice of God until you make space for him to speak. Stop being too busy for God. You cannot afford, when it comes to destiny and the eternal value of your life mission, missing the voice of the Holy Spirit. Make room for him to speak. He is not an author of confusion. He's a revealer of those who will, rewarder of those that diligently seek him. He's a revealer 
by nature. In Luke chapter 10, I love this from the Amplified. You might know this story. Jesus goes to Lazarus' house and his two sisters are there. And it's this dichotomy and dilemma that many of us face in our own relationship with Jesus. There's Mary and there's Martha. And then there's a sister named Mary. And Mary was seated herself. She chose herself. She made it a priority herself to sit at the Lord's feet and was listening to what he was saying to his teaching. But Martha... Martha was overly occupied and too busy and was distracted with much serving. She was doing all the work around Jesus and maybe with the right heart for Jesus, but she was missing the place of priority at the feet of Jesus. That before we go get to work on all the things God has called us to do, the priority of the purpose of our life is to first connect with the one that gives us life. And we can sit at his feet and we can listen to him. I don't think you should just be lounging around waiting on a word. But I think words come to those that are be diligent to work at creating space for God to actually speak to you. So before I get to work on the things that I need to do today as a, a pastor, as a husband, as a father, I need to make sure that I calm my world down and just simply see sit at the feet of Jesus. I do that by the word of God. I do that by worship. And I do that through prayer. And then every once in a while, when I know I got to hear from God, I will calm everything down, including food. And I will just sit at the feet of Jesus and listen to what he wants to say. Do I get a word every day of my life? I do not. I wish I could tell you I was one of those Doritos people that always has an answer. But I tell you, when I need a word, when I need direction, when I need clarity, I have trained my heart over time to pause all the distractions of my day to get the one thing that will change everything about my future. And you could do that as well. Psalms 46 verse 10 says to be still and to know that he is God. As if to say there's some way of knowing God that you can only find in the calmness and the stillness of you choosing to quiet everything around you. Because knowing more about God is wonderful. To know his character to know the stories, to know how he interacts with humanity. It is powerful in our life. But if you do not have depth of relationship, knowing more about God becomes religion. But learning to know more, not just about God, but hear the voice of God and how to follow him personally, my friends, that's relationship. And that is what we were after because relationships require communication and communication with God is a two-way street. If Sunday is all that you are getting, you are not scheduling enough time into your life to actually have a life where the good shepherd leads you to the places of purpose and calling. He still speaks. Don't be so like Martha, overly occupied and too busy and distracted with the much that you miss the message to your heart that matters the most. To hear more, we have to eliminate the other sounds. There's a lot of noise in the culture of the world. There's a lot of craziness out there. Everybody has a plan for your life, just ask them. But God has a purpose for your life. And if you ask him and if you pause to listen, over time you will learn how to tune into the frequency of heaven and it will change everything about your relationship with him and will lead you to a place called destiny and purpose because God refuses to be second place. And if you allow all the work to happen before you get that word from him, you're missing the practice of the presence of God and the priority that we need to place on the voice of God. This world is filled with white noise. We have a white noise machine in our room uh, to help Liz sleep and not hear me snore. Pray for her. 
Um, it's good for that. But you could so easily drown out the voice of God because I think distractions and busyness can even drown out the loudest yells of God. And when he wants to actually speak to you as with a friend, he wants to actually speak to you, I believe more often in a whisper. And if you wanna be unlike anyone else, if you wanna fulfill the purpose of heaven for your life, you can't live like the world lives. They're following the voice of the stranger of what feels good in the moment. And we wanna know what God says about this situation. Second Corinthians seven, I love this from the message. It says, let's make a clean break with everything. Just pause here, the defiles. I think as Christians, we know what that means. Like, ah, oh, that's sin. Like, that's where I crossed the line. I got into gossip. I got into jealousy. I watched something I shouldn't have watched. I said something I shouldn't have said. I did something I know was out of alignment with the word of God, and that defiles. And we know that we can get forgiven because of what Jesus has done. But let's look at the second word. It's not just about what defiles you. Here, the, the Apostle Paul says it's also what distracts us. That a man, even on maybe equal footing, is the distractions of life, both within and without. You know, mosquitoes make a noise. It's this high-pitched little noise. It's 17.4 kilohertz. Now, somewhere, they say, around the age of 25, like, because of our headphones and the noise of traffic and your kids screaming at you, like, at around 25, you age out of the ability to hear that noise. Just with age, you kind of, your body doesn't, isn't able to process that sound. You can actually try it out. You, you go on YouTube later, and, and you can look up the mosquito sound. I did it this week. I did it this week as I was reading this. I turned my uh, computer, my laptop, all the way up, and I held it to my ear, and I think I maybe heard something <laughs> because I'm defying the odds, and I am forever young in Jesus' name. But the truth is I really couldn't hear it. Like, I didn't choose not to hear it. I physically wasn't able to hear it because just the chaos of this world has canceled my ability to find that frequency. In the same way, for many of us, I would speak to those that have been maturing in the faith for a while, that there was a time where you lived off of every scripture you read and every worship song was fresh and brand new and every time you felt God impressed something in your heart, you were quick to obey. And I'm not making a blanket statement, but I think it speaks to some people that have been saved for five, 10, 15, 25, 30 years. Over time, your ears have grown a little old and you're not able to hear or perceive the frequency of heaven when God is wanting to speak. They make this noise and the older you get, the duller you hear and if you've been around the faith for a while, some of the things that used to leap off the page and come alive in your spirit and the voice of you felt like the voice that called you, Holy Spirit, to salvation has gotten a little muted in your life. And it's Jesus that says, unless you become like a little child, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So we need to have a, a young ear again. There's a story in the Old Testament about a young ear, a young prophet, learning to hear what God was saying for the first time so they could fulfill his purpose that would matter for the rest of his life. It says in 1 Samuel that the word of God back then was rare. It's not that God wasn't speaking, it just wasn't happening all the time. Remember, that's an Old Testament where God would show up in times and places for people in particular and speak to them. And in fact, this story includes the older prophet, the prophet Eli, that had his time and season where he was God's mouthpiece to God's people. But he, like it says in Corinthians, he got a little deluded and distracted. 
Like he allowed his sons to do things that were, were out of alignment with God's ways that were just full on bad. Crimes against the kingdom and sins against God and he just didn't, whether it was busyness or boredom, he didn't deal with it. And so here's this new young prophet, a kid that was born to a barren woman that cried out to God, if you give me a son, I'll give him back to you. And so he grows up in the temple, he grows up in the, the house of God, he grows up under the care of Eli. First Samuel three, the lamp of God, it says, had not yet gone out. And Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark, the covenant, the presence of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel and Samuel answered, here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, here I am, you called me? And the old prophet said, no, I didn't call you. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord cried out to Samuel, hey, Samuel. Samuel got up and went to Eli, says, here I am, you called me? And he said, my son, which I have this same conversation with my son, the third time he comes into our room in the middle of the night, go back to your bed. I did not call you. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know what God sounded like, but God was still speaking. This is where some of you are right now. You don't quite know, is this God? I love that he keeps going to Eli. We'll see that Eli actually has the right answer for him in just a moment. Let me speak to a younger generation or new believers. That every prompting and thing that God speaks to your heart, you might not want to run out and broadcast it immediately. You might want to take it to some older seasoned voices over time and say, hey, I feel like God is saying this. I've come to find that there's a generation rising up that I'm not saying, like, I'm not, not pushing down. I actually want to help build up to go farther and further in the kingdom of God that even my generation has. But you have to learn how to bring in right voices before you make spiritual choices. And so he comes to Eli and says, hey, I heard it again. And this time, as he went to Eli and said, he called me, Eli realized, oh, this, this is God. Eli got back his frequency again and says, this kid isn't just hearing things, he's hearing from heaven. So he says, hey, next time, next time God speaks, say to him, God, you can speak to me, Lord. I'm, I'm your servant, your servant is listening. And this next time, it says that the Lord came and stood there. I love that. That before he was just sending his voice and then it shows up like he's in the flesh. Like he shows up. I believe this is Jesus showing up, showing up in the room. And it says, Samuel, Samuel. He says it twice this time. And he says, Samuel has the right response. Speak, speak, Lord. Your, your servant is listening. He says, I'm about ready to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears it tingle. I'm gonna use you as my mouthpiece in fact, what he's going to bring is correction and redirection for God's people, for God's kingdom. I'm about ready to speak something to you that's gonna change the whole situation and scenario of my people. Young people or young believers, there's something that God wants to say to you in this season that isn't just following the, the rules and the nice Christian lifestyle. It's a word from heaven that radically changes your purpose and your calling. But until you're able to perceive that this is God and be quick to obey and say, you're the Lord, you get to choose and decide. God's going to speak at a distance, but until you're really ready to hear, he wants to come close. And when he comes close and when he speaks and when you obey, it will change the course of your life. It says in the beginning that the lamp of God had not gone out yet. It says in Psalms 119 that your word is a lamp for my feet and you're, it's a light on my, on my path. I believe the primary way that God speaks to people by the Holy Spirit is still through the scripture. 
that if you wanna know what God is saying, look at what he's already said. And he has the ability by the Holy Spirit, even supernaturally, to make these words that might be 2,000 plus years old resonate with your spirit for answers that you need in life and direction for today. In fact, if what the Spirit is saying to you doesn't align with the character of God we see in Scripture, it is not the Spirit, it's a stranger. Because God will never contradict what he has already said. And if you get something, you perceive something that God is saying, you have to go and search in Scripture. Does this sound like God for my life? And if you do not get an answer, I'm not saying you have to cancel it. You just hold on to it. You don't act on it and let God confirm it. Maybe through the voice of a wise leader in your life or pastor in your life or just as you learn to perceive how God wants it to play out. But don't just hear something a moment and broadcast it to the world around you. You gotta learn to search the scripture. And so if you really wanna hear from God as he's still speaking, you have to read your word more. This is why I'm a big proponent of a paper Bible. I love that you have your Bible reading plan and you can digitize it and you can audio book it. Get it in any way that you can get it. But there should be a time in your week when it's just you and the word. And you start that time in scripture with Holy Spirit. I have ears to hear what you're wanting to say. Isn't that what Jesus said before he would broadcast? Anyone who's got ears to hear, let them hear. In other words, you can hear what the words I'm saying, but can you hear the sound of what I'm trying to speak to? That the kingdom of God coming alive on the inside of your life comes when you have ears ready to hear. And the word of God is a lamp unto our feet that shows us the way to go. And so we balance here at Kingdom City. We say the word is our, God, uh, the word is our way and the spirit is our guide. That they never come into contradiction. They only complement each other. And the lamp hasn't got out. This word, gone out yet. The word still works. And the culture and the chaos of the voice of the stranger is trying to cancel the authority of God's word. And if you wanna live a kingdom life, you say yes to God's word when it's inconvenient, when it isn't the cultural norm, it is still the truth of what God is saying and the way that we live. So read it and keep reading it. And the Holy Spirit says it has the ability of the Word of God to cut through all the noise, the nonsense, the bone, the marrow, and the flesh, and expose what the Spirit wants to say to your, to your heart. Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark was, where the presence was. If you want to be people that can perceive the frequency of heaven, you have to be people of presence. You have to be people that know how to get into the presence of God. So to hear more, we're not just only reading the Bible, we're also learning how to worship God. Worship is not the songs that we sing on a Sunday. It's the cry of your heart to your God that happens every day. And if you're not a person who regularly engages with worshiping God, you need to change the way that you're walking with Him. Am I being too direct? It's getting real quiet in here. Because you could sing loud on a Sunday and follow every words and know the words by heart, but if it isn't the cry of your heart, it's just words. And you could sing your own song to him that has no rhyme or cadence to it. It doesn't sound cool, but it's your heart declaration to God for who he is and what he's done and what you're believing for him to do. And that's the heart of a worshiper. And God in that place and posture of worship loves to speak personally by his spirit to his, his people. I watch you guys worship. You didn't know you were being graded. I do, I do, and I'm not, I'm not looking for someone that just is only extravagantly worshiping, although I think an internal fire has an outward 
smoke. But I do watch, and I, I think you can perceive, you can worship in the presence of God in, in any sort of posture. But I see when you mail it in. And I get it, there's a lot of distractions. There's a lot of stranger things going on and voices around in your inside world. But I just encourage you, King of City, when we show up, we do not worship based upon the set list. And we don't worship based upon what our last week was like. We come with a spirit of honor and awe. Because this is not about how we feel, this is about who God is. And if you will begin to just simply worship on your Monday, on your Tuesday, on your Wednesday, throughout the week, for just who he is to you, your heart will begin to open to hear in a frequency like a satellite dish that you have never perceived the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to your heart. And so as we are people that make time for God through the word of God and we worship God, we'll be the kind of vessels that God will speak to. Genesis 3, at the fall of man, they heard that voice of the Lord, God walking in the garden, in the cool of the day, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. Why? Tried to hide among the trees, the one that created them with his voice. Because they had sin. They made a mistake. Some issues in your life, some following the voice of the stranger, will get you to think that you cannot come back to the voice. That lie of sin and shame is not true because the cross is canceled. Jesus at his garden of Gethsemane said yes to the cross that he did not deserve so we can receive the voice, the forgiveness, and the grace that we don't deserve. So do not allow your past mistakes or actions to cancel the voice of God calling out to you. Come into the throne room of grace. Repent from your sins. Turn back to God and get back to the word, back to the worship, and back to time with God. And he will speak again. Some of you are waiting on a new word, but you haven't obeyed the last word. And I think God is not going to remix what he's saying to you. You need to go back to the last place. Listen, this might sound harsh. This is my heart for you. The last place of disobedience and make it a place of obedience. And watch and see in that moment of action and step of humility that all of heaven will begin to open up before you and God will begin to speak. There's this old hymn called In the Garden that I'm not going to sing because I want you to come back to church. I'll just read it. It says, I come to the garden alone while the dew is still on the roses and the voice I hear falling on my ear, the son of God discloses and he walks with me. The Holy Spirit wants to walk with you every day and he talks with me and he tells me I'm his own. It's personal. And the joy we share as we tarry there, we stay there, none other has ever known. It's just for you. The comforter, the advocate, the counselor, the corrector, the helper is there to speak just to you. 40 plus years ago, right, 46 years ago, my dad, uh, was very successful. I know they're watching. I love you, Mom and Dad. Um, very successful uh, commercial real estate developer. But he knew there was more. God, there was a mosquito buzz in his ear that God had called him to something else. In his day and age, he had it made. But he knew it was made for more. And so while everyone was networking at their lunches, he went for a season 
just parked his car by the lake and began to cry out to God, begin to worship God, begin to pray. And he had a little white legal pad, which to this day, my dad's still like a legal pad guy. He would just write down what he felt like God was saying, what he felt like God was saying, what he felt like God was saying. And that brought him that season of, of, of tuning out all the strange voices and all the busyness of work and all the blessing on his life from fruitfulness on his life. He forsook that first season just to pursue that sound he was starting to hear. And then from there, he, he left everything, went to seminary. Me and my older, my much older brothers uh, were pastors now. And listen, that's not the high calling for your life. Your high calling is to look like Christ as a father, as a mother, as a teacher, as an engineer, whatever it is. It's not glorifying this, not a, we're a royal priesthood. I'm just a shepherd of this church. It's, but everything changed when he heard God for himself. In the same way I'm asking you for generations yet to come, if we're building a hundred year old church in the making, even if you're young and you're single, I'm telling you, God's gonna develop you in that quiet place of who you're called to be so you're ready for that person he's called you to. For moms and dads of the raising of our kids to go further and farther than we could ever even dream spiritually and relationally and even financially in the world around us, we're gonna learn how God's called us to raise our kids. In your career, the right move, where everyone else says, yeah, that's the thing you should go after. You're gonna start perceiving that God is saying something else and that's not what the gatekeeper wants to open for you. He wants to lead you down the hallway to something greater that he's prepared a door called destiny. You're gonna start to perceive that voice. You ever take the time to create the space to get into the word, to get the distractions out, and to worship God, you will not hear the Holy Spirit. He wants to speak to you. And friends, He still speaks. He still speaks. Oh, to build a church where all of us, in humility, serve one another and our city sacrificially as we're all spiritually in tune with what God is saying to us. Oh, if all of us could just grab a hold of the spirit that speaks in correlation with the word of God, friends, on the other end of a season of searching for the voice of God together as a church family, we're gonna see the plan of God, we're gonna see the revival of God, we're gonna see the salvation of God flood the streets of our city, radically change our marriages, our workplaces. garden is still available because of the grace of God. It's not here on the earth, it's in here where God still shows up in the early morning hours. In the cool of the day as the day winds down, he's still coming after you to speak to you no matter what you've walked through. Would you stand to your feet? Are you hungry for the voice of heaven? Are we ready to do the work? Sitting at the feet searching the scripture, worshiping of eliminating distractions so that we can hear from the Holy Spirit. I can't wait to hear in the next coming weeks how God speaks to you. I'm telling you, God's ready to speak. He is speaking. And you can tune in and it can change the trajectory of your life. The last couple of weeks I've been telling you in your morning prayer and your night prayer just to pray, Holy Spirit, fill me. I'm going to add one more to it, just like Samuel. I want you to say, here I am, Lord. Lord, you can speak to me. I'm your servant. Your Lord, you get to go first. And whatever you say, your servant will carry out in your kingdom. So fill me with your spirit and speak to me, Lord. I'm ready to serve. 
God, I thank you for this church. Holy Spirit, would you just fall in this place right now? On every heart. There's been some hard hearts because of past pain or just the problems they're facing. They're wondering, where is God? Would you speak to them right now? Holy Spirit, be their comforter. Be their counselor. Be their divine encouragement. Be their helper. Some of us, we need to repent of just the distractions, the delayed destiny. So we strip it all down. If we just have you, we've got more than enough. God, we just open up our hearts to hear what heaven wants to say. Whether it is loud or quiet, we're ready. Because you're the Lord. And we're here to serve and do your own will. So we thank you, Lord, that the voice of the good shepherd is clear. The voice of the Holy Spirit stranger voice that tells you you're not worthy you're not good enough the truth is none of us are it's a free gift that we receive because of what jesus has done for us he went first so that we could have god's best so if you're here with no one looking around if you don't mind just closing your eyes and bowing your heads just to give some, some sanctuary and space to our friends and our guests that maybe they need to pray this prayer for the very first time if you're here and you need a fresh start with jesus here and you need to give your heart to him receive the gift of salvation it's not my words that are talking you into it it's the word voice of the holy spirit speaking to your heart you need him and he's here for you if that is you with no one looking around i'm not going to make you come forward you're not signing up for church today you're just saying yes to the grace of god that's you and you need a fresh start with him can you just raise your hands and touch god that's me i see one hand up there's two of you there's three of you i'm so proud of you that's awesome i see in the back five of you six of you. Two hands up. That's the way to do it. Awesome. So I see you in the corner. That's great. So proud of you. Can we pray this prayer together as one family? In fact, we can put our hands down and our heads up and our eyes open. This is the best part of church. Amen. I don't know, but maybe you get tired of me saying that, but I, this is this is the best part of church. Once was lost, now found. pray together as one family of faith. Say this with me. Say, thank you, God, for loving me. Thank you, Jesus, for going first. I was trapped in sin. I was stuck in shame. But you sent a Savior. Jesus took the cross. He's paid the price. My sin is canceled. My debt is paid. Your grace is enough to save me, to redeem me, to change me. Fill me, Holy Spirit. I want to know your voice. I'm going after you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can we celebrate everybody who prayed that prayer? So proud of you. Love you, church, very much.